Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We welcome you all to another session, inshallah. Today we will be discussing the last part of the eighth juz. Allah Jalla wa Ala mentions the story of Shu'ib alayhi salam. He then carries on with the story into the ninth juz. After that, he makes mention of the story of Musa alayhi salam in a lot of detail. The story of Musa alayhi salam is mentioned in a lot of detail. And the story of the people of the Sabbath or Ahlul Ashabu Sabt. Bi'idhnillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah. All well. How are you? I hope you're well. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm well. Alhamdulillah. Shaykhana, in the eighth juz, we mentioned at the end, Allah Jalla wa Ala speaks about the stories of the Anbiya in a bit of detail. The last story he mentions is the story of Shu'aib alayhi salam, and this story carries on into the ninth juz. Allah begins by saying, وَإِلَى مَدْيَنَ أَخَاهُمْ شُعَيْبًا To the people of Madian, we sent their brother Shu'aib, who was one from amongst them. Shu'aib alayhi salam called them to worship Allah, and he also mentioned that they were involved in a sin, they were doing something wrong, and they should leave it. He says, فَأَوْفُ الْكَيْلَ وَالْمِيزَانِ when it comes to your measurement, when it comes to your weighing, you should, you know, you shouldn't shortchange. These people used to shortchange. At the same time, when they were buying and selling, bakhs is anything from, you know, cheating and deceiving, making a product seem like it's better than it actually is, or giving products that are, you know, not really 100% correct or 100% usable. Sometimes they have a defect, they have a problem in them. Yes, uh, subhanAllah, you know, when it comes to this type of behavior, I think it's important to also discuss how people uh, today try to make a dollar in any way whatsoever. So they will cheat, lie, deceive, do anything to make uh, a dollar and that dollar won't really benefit them ultimately. So. Uh, I think it's important for people to be honest when they uh, buy and sell because when they do this, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them barakah in their uh, business. What I find amazing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that at the end, his people began to say, that we will remove you from uh, the city, O Shu'aib, from the village oh or you will return back to our way and our religion so they were prepared to drive them out of their homes because they wanted the truth and that which is good meaning shuaib and those who had believed with him they wanted to drive them out of their homes and they were prepared to do this yet they were in the wrong later allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the punishment that came to them and he says فَأَصْبَحُوا فِي دَارِهِمْ جَاثِمِينَ The earthquake took them and they became in their homes fallen, prostrate, dead bodies, corpses. They were corpses, dead bodies, prostrate in their homes. Those who belied Shu'aib, it was as though they did not live in their homes altogether. So they wanted to drive Shu'aib out of his home because he was honest. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such like they even didn't even live in those homes altogether. It was as though they didn't even inhabit them at all. So 
as human beings and as insan, we need to understand that no matter how sophisticated we are or we feel we are good and we are uh, excellent in this dunya, when it comes to cheating and deceiving, we should never do this because we become arrogant, we become, we reach a point where we think we have authority over the land. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, no, look, in your own homes, we are leaving you there and you've fallen prostrate. So, you know, they say, al-jazā'u You know, the uh, reward or the punishment is from the action itself. Whatever type of action it was, that's the type of punishment. It seems here as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that don't ever think that you have control over things. You can drive people out. You can kick them out of their homes. Rather, look, you are here dead and it is as though you didn't even inhabit the homes in the first place. You know, it's a very interesting point you mentioned. At the same time, this uh, bad deed or this major sin they were involved in, one of them being was when it came to business. So many times we forget that when doing business, with the correct intention, it could be a good deed. And when you shortchange people, cheat people, this becomes a major sin. Sometimes you find people rushing off to the masajid, being in the first soft, uh, having the best religious appearance, it may seem. However, their business dealings are all lopsided, upside down. They owe people money, they cheat people, you know, and we don't realize that this could be a major sin. In fact, it is a major sin when you are doing such things. Yes, subhanAllah. You know, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people talk about how uh, some people are very religious. They go to the masjid five times a day, but unfortunately, or they've got long beards, etc. So on the outward uh, side of things, they seem to be religious. But when it comes to uh, their actions and the interactions with other human beings, unfortunately, they'll cheat a person. They'll take their money, borrow it, never talk about it again. Uh, things like this. And it comes from those who seem outwardly religious, whereas those who are not, and this is not the general rule, uh, but those who are not sometimes clean shaven, the man is not really attending the masjid five times a day, and he's more honest and straightforward when it comes to matters of money or buying and selling, etc. So I think they are, you know, definitely they are good people and people who really benefit from their salah. But I think it's important to, to, to note the difference that sometimes there's people who are not outwardly religious, but they may have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within them. You know, and we can take this deeper when Shu'aib alayhi salam tells his people that they should be honest. And when it comes to measurement, when it comes to weight, in another surah of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Waylul lil mutaffifin. Destruction to those who shortchange. Yes, that verse is speaking about measure when it comes to weight and when it comes to, you know, measuring things for people. When these people want to get from other people their rights, they want to take it in full and sometimes they want to take more. And when it comes to them giving, then they want to give people less. The scholars mentioned that you could go deeper and it's not only to do with business. Yes, that verse is talking about measurement and weight. Deeper people who, when it comes to their rights, they want them in full. So you find somebody walking, he wants the people to greet him in the best of manner, use the best of words with him, you know, the best uh, outward appearance in terms of smiling and a welcome. But when he does it to others, he shortchanges them. He doesn't want to reply their greetings. He doesn't want to greet in the first place. So the double standards, we should be very careful when it comes to this. Yes, subhanAllah, that's so true. That's so true. We sometimes 
Uh, and a lot of us do this. We don't realize how uh, we expect others to treat us well, but we don't treat them in the same manner that we'd like them to treat us. Moving on to the next story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the story of Musa alayhi salam in a lot of detail. He speaks about how Musa alayhi salam was sent to the people of Fir'aun. And we've covered this story many a time. And every time we touch on it, every time a story is repeated in the Quran or we go over it, we try to bring a different point so we can all benefit bi'ibnillah. For me, what stands out is when uh, Musa alayhi salam came with the two signs, the stick or the staff that turned into a serpent, and when he took out his hand, it was white. Fir'aun called all the magicians. He gathered them all because they thought it's a type of magic and Musa alayhi salam will be defeated. What stands out for me is the unholy alliance that these people, Fir'aun and the magicians, they, you know, they came together. And one of the first things they asked, the magicians, they came, they said, First thing in an unholy alliance, he asks him, the magicians ask, will we get any wealth? Will we get something for us to benefit? And you'll notice this every time you do, or every time people do something wrong and they get into the wrong partnership, everybody is looking for their maslaha or what will benefit them. So let's say, let's say I want to do something wrong and I can't get to this thing unless I go through you, for example. I come to you, the only thing I'm thinking about is what will benefit me. And I'm just giving an example. And the only thing you are thinking about is what benefits you. This unholy alliance, you find that they always end up fighting. So what happens at the end? After the, the magicians believe in Musa alayhi salam, they believe in the Rabb of Musa. What does Fir'aun do? After promising them a lot of wealth and position and all promises, he then says that, no, now I will kill you and I will, you know, hang you up on the palm trees. So look at how that alliance started, unholy alliance, and then they start fighting at the end. And this is a very important lesson we take from it. You know, not only, even in our small day-to-day -day lives, if you're doing business, and you just want to bring pain on the next person and you go to others. It's not really a business move. It's just to trouble and bring pain and oppress somebody else. And you go and you make this alliance. Trust me, eventually you end up fighting amongst yourselves after you finished with that one or even before you finished with him. So we should be just and we should, you know, search into our hearts, be sincere. And remember that Allah is in control at the end of the day. Yes, subhanAllah, that's so, so, so true. Uh, that they, the basis of the whole alliance was wrong in the first place. So uh, it, it broke down and there was no barakah, no benefit from that at all. In fact, it was based on falsehood, complete falsehood. So uh, it was destroyed ultimately. I, I came to the uh, same verses from a slightly different angle. So uh, where Fir'aun uh, says, they asked Fir'aun, وَقَالَ مُوسَى يَا فِرْعَوْنُ إِنِّي رَسُولٌ مِّنْ and then, uh, sorry, uh, Will we have a reward if we are winners? So Fir'aun says, Yes, you will be from those who are close to me. I'll bring you close to me. You'll be connected to me, basically. Now, later on, when the magicians had seen that it was wrong what Fir'aun was engaged in, what he was doing, how he was calling to his worship. And they had seen that the staff of Musa ate up 
the st the uh, sticks and little ropes that they had they saw that the staff of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, which had turned into a serpent ate up all of the uh, magic then they realized that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one to be worshipped and they immediately fell into prostration so they says they say at the end when Fir'aun promised them that hey you are now accepting the rabb of Musa and Harun I'm going to punish you I'll cut off your hands from the right and the and the left, meaning from the opposite uh, limbs. So if I cut off your right hand, then your left leg, and your uh, left hand, then your right leg. And then I'll crucify you. They had this graphic picture in their mind, yet they still said, Rabbana afrigh alayna sabra, muslimin. Oh, our Rabb, grant us patience and let us die as muslimin so the love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it enters your heart and the true love of him then a, a person usually finds it very difficult to let go of that love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter what happens he sees that he's going to lose his wealth his fame his money his uh, health whatever it is it doesn't matter we believe in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these people were so determined to get the love of Fir'aun. They, they actually went ahead. They said well, in, uh, Fir'aun had promised him that they will be from those who are close to him. And the minute they saw the truth, it didn't shake them. His threats, whatever he had to say to them, didn't shake them at all. Rather, it made them stronger. And they asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take them away as Muslimin. SubhanAllah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all patience and grant us the ability to follow what's right at all times. Allah Jalla wa ala carries on mentioning the story of Musa alayhi salam. There's one verse I'd like to touch on. He, he says in the story of Musa alayhi salam, Basically the signs of Allah, the verses of Allah, those who are arrogant, those who are haughty, those who are oppressors, Allah prevents them from understanding these verses. Some of the scholars mentioned that, yes, when it comes to the Qur'an even, if you find the person, yes, he has to be pure to touch the Qur'an, recite the Qur'an, etc., from you know, any major impurity. At the same time, for him to understand it, you have to have a pure heart. Your insides have to be pure. You have to humble yourself. And that's a message for anybody who wants to understand more in the religion, especially when it comes to the Qur'an. Look at your intention. Look at your heart. You know, humble yourself. Don't think you know everything or everything is the way you see it. Be humble. And as for those who are arrogant, Allah doesn't give them that understanding. Be humble and Allah will increase you. Wow, subhanAllah. I think that there's no other way to study the Quran or to learn his, his verses. It's only from a point of humility uh, that a person begins to understand and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up on him. And uh, I think... In that, there's a message for those who are studying as well, studying the deen, that, you know, don't ever go into this field in order to learn how to uh, defeat another person or a human being or a sheikh or an alim that you feel is wrong. Uh, don't go for that reason, but rather do it for the correct intentions and you'll find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you beneficial knowledge. And if that person needs to be corrected, there's a way and a manner in which to do it rather than uh, going to learn, uh, you know, in order to argue with the people and destroy the arguments. Because in that case, 
we, we all just lose out, you know, as Muslimin. Moving on to the next story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Ashabu Sabt, the people of the Sabbath, as they were known as. Basically, the story in brief, these people, they were not supposed to be doing work or fishing on the Saturday. And they would find that when they threw their nets or when they tried to fish, however they were fishing, throughout the week, there would be no fish. But on the Saturday, the day they were prevented or prohibited from fishing and catching these fish, all the fish would come as a test them so these people eventually decided to you know trick Allah and cheat the law that was put in place so they decided to whether it was put their nets or dig up the, the sand so they did that on Saturday and then they would come the next day to pick out the fish and they said we didn't fish on Saturday what we got is the next day so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how he then punished them for me what stands out is when it comes to loopholes and finding things that you know want to suit your whims and fancies, you want to find an exit or a, I wouldn't say a solution, a loophole for every single thing. You know, this sheikh said this and then you wind this way and that one said this and you come this way and I think this verse is like this. This is a very, very, very dangerous road and dangerous path that you know one goes on and its end is only punishment in this world and if not, in the next. Subhanallah, subhanallah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاسْأَلْهُمْ عَنِ الْقَرْيَةِ الَّتِي كَانَتْ حَاضِرَةَ الْبَحْرِ إِذْ يَعْدُونَ فِي السَّبْتِ إِذْ تَأْتِيهِمْ حِيْتَانُهُمْ يَوْمَ سَبْتِهِمْ شُرَّعًا وَيَوْمَ لَا يَسْلِتُونَ لَا تَأْتِيهِمْ That he would send the fish on the day that they were not supposed to be, they were supposed to be engaged in the Sabbath and they weren't supposed to be fishing. They'd see all the fish and they would come to the forefront, to the surface. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then he says later on, on the other days, there wouldn't be any fish or they wouldn't notice as many fish. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كَذَلِكَ نَبْلُوهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْسُقُونَ As far as I'm sure. In this, in this manner, we test them with that which they were criminal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that this is a test. And in the same manner, we find ourselves in situations where you've moved to another country, you've migrated perhaps, you're new to the country, and you have all these haram options. You can sell alcohol, you can uh, engage in casinos, you can, and you know that it's quick money, very, very quick money. So people eventually end up trading in alcohol, etc. They feel that, no, you know, it doesn't matter what I do, I've got to open up some alcohol section in my supermarket or I've got to have uh, alcohol in my restaurant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing you at this point. It might be easy for you to gain income from this manner, but it's not halal. So ultimately it won't bring you any goodness. So why do you want to engage in it? At that juncture, work a job and, and you know work much harder than you would normally, but earn halal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide for you. Don't be like these people who they tried to trick Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ultimately they were only deceiving themselves. Yes, a little bit of halal has its barakah and blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will last you much more. Your body will be built with halal. You will be feeding your family halal. Instead of haram, that may be a lot. There is no barakah in it. There is no blessing in it and it doesn't last. It only brings 
you know, people kalladhi ya'kulu wa la yashba' in one of the hadith of Rasulullah wasallam. but basically speaking about the one who takes wealth where he's not deserving of this wealth. It's like, you know, he carries on asking, asking and getting this wealth, but he's not deserving of it. It's just like he's eating, 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 but he never gets food. Same when it comes to haram wealth. You carry on taking, taking, taking. And as we mentioned before, it also affects then your behavior, how you differentiate between right and wrong. Moving on to the next story, Sheikh Anabas, you want to add anything? Um, I think one more point where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِمَ تَعِذُونَ قَوْمًا إِلَّهُ مُهْلِكُمْ أَوْ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا أَوْ مُعَذِّبُهُمْ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا There was a group of them who started telling the other group who was uh, advising the people basically that, look, stop doing this. What you're doing is haram, it's wrong. So there was one of the groups that told them that, why are you advising them in the first place? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy them. And, Oh, he'll punish them a very severe punishment. So leave them. They are going towards doom and gloom anyways. And later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, We saved those who were preventing from the evil. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't even talk about this group of people who weren't engaged in it, but they weren't discouraging others from it. But he says that we prevented those who were, or we we protected those who were preventing from the evil. So even if there may not be an apparent benefit from you stopping someone or telling them not to do something, advising them not to do something haram, Try to advise them in a beautiful manner. Why? Because ultimately you're protecting yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these people's response was that ma'ziratan ila rabbikum. We just have an excuse with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we did our bit, we did what we had to do, and then the rest was in your hands, O oh Allah. You know, we've done our, our job. You know, I think, and that's like the main point in this story is that the the groups or the people were three categories, those who were committing the sin, those who were pious, but, you know, they were keeping quiet. It's okay, carrying on with their own lives. And the third people, they were also pious, but they carried on reminding them, warning them. And as you mentioned, even if your uh, reminder is not being heard, at least for yourself, you're doing a good deed and as an excuse. So, even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't punish you also if the punishment comes. Or on the day of Qiyamah, when you are asked, you can say you did your bit, what you were able to do. Moving on to the next story, in Surah Al-Anfal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the battle of Badr. We touched on this battle earlier on in the fourth juz. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how, you know, he the people, they were short in number and they had like, they had two options either to go and get the caravan or if they went on the other more difficult one, they would have met the armies and there would have been a fight. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eventually says what happened and how he helped them, even though they were underprepared, they had less resources than those who they were fighting. For me, what stands out again is after this victory that was granted to them, the very next verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Obey Allah and his messenger. He then says, Again, obey Allah and his messenger. Again, he says, Respond to the messenger. You know, 
listen to what he's saying, what wahi and revelation is coming to him. That's immediately after this victory. As we mentioned before, and I think it's extremely important to stress this point again. Sometimes when you are close to victory and you forget Allah, you find from a winning position, you throw it away literally and you lose. And when you take account, you take stock and you think of what happened. Remember that sin or that time you forgot Allah. And sometimes you win. You're in a position of victory. And then the tables turn again. And more often than not, it's usually because you've forgotten the fact that Allah gave you this. You then start attributing success to yourself and how clever you are and how strong you were and how you use this resource and how you were so intelligent. Allah is telling us in this story, after granting them success, everything is attributed to him. Even before success, everything comes from Allah. وَمَنْ نَصْرُ إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ Victory is only from Allah, not only when it comes to battles, when it comes to your day-to-day -day life, you need to get this done, you need to get, uh, you know, you've got some work to do, it's a bit difficult, it's not difficult, it's from Allah before anything, success and victory will come from Him, and even after you get hold of it, be humble, be grateful, be thankful, because it could be snatched away from you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to uh, attribute success to Him, I mean, um, yeah, um, I, I find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about al-anfal, uh, uh, about the bounties uh, or the, the, the booty that they were getting at war. So not long after, he says, Say that the booty is for Allah and his messenger. Allah. So uh, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And make amends between and amongst yourselves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them that in the context of war, or this is what I gather from this ayah, that in the context of war, it's more important for you to now get together, get rid of the problems, differences that you have, because there's more likelihood of some of you passing on and going into the akhirah. So solve your problems now before you get to that point. And I think in today's context, that's very important because going through the crisis that we are going through, uh, people need to realize that, you know, my family members might die in this. I might die in this. So I need to really resolve my problems with family members and the larger community. So whatever problems we have with fellow members in the community, You've uh, someone stolen your wealth or someone's harmed you or you've harmed someone, uh, go to them, resolve it now, get over and done with it, rather than taking that into the grave with you. What's the point? What's the point of meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holding hatred against another human being? You know, you mentioned such an important point. And even this islah, you know, f fixing and rectifying between what goes on, yes, here, maybe it's the army, even a unit of people, for this unit to progress and move forward, you know, they need to iron out their differences. Maybe you won't, you won't all agree on everything, but you have to have that common understanding for you all to march towards the vision or the goal or whatever you may have set. Yes, subhanAllah. You know, uh, sometimes I think we, we've lost the plot today where we, we just at each other's throats for no reason, you know, and uh, it's shaitan that's gotten us against each other and pitted us against each other. Because if you look at the 
the winners and the losers. There's no winners, there's no losers in such a situation. In fact, everybody loses. Uh, the Muslimin as a whole are, are dealt with a blow. And, you know, wherever you go in the world, uh, I found that there's too many fights amongst the Muslimin. We need to be more tolerant of each other, more easy going with each other. And where there are problems, have a big heart and forgive. Let it go and carry on. Uh, move on for the progress of Islam and for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rather than leaving it until we meet him and then there's, you know, uh, there's still bad blood and there's going to be a definitely a settling of the score on that day. We, we don't want that to happen. We want everybody to be winning with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness and, you know, the ability to unite upon haqq and move forward mm -hmm. as a whole, as a unit, as an ummah. Ameen. Sheikh, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we end of today? No, alhamdulillah. I think uh, I've said my bit. Alhamdulillah. Barakallahu feekum. Jazakumullahu khayran. And uh, I think tomorrow, inshallah, we meet. Bi-idhnillah. Inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.